Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome in to 11 Personnel presented by Monticello Bank. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett, and we are live from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis where uh, I am officially on the clock. You are. That, yeah. Um, Caleb Williams is going to be joining us today at the Chicago Bears table. Um, Pardon the delays, but we've been running around looking for the good internets. I don't know if they have many good internets here, but we've commandeered some tables at Radio Row. Um, I'm a Chicago Place Bear. Probably who, not supposed to be. Yeah, who, who are uh, you today, John, Bucket? Uh, John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh, not Jim? Mm-hmm. Be easy to get those I'm mistaken. I mean, the bad guys on the AFC North, but it's bad. Yeah, yeah. So um, bear with us, if you will. No pun intended. Um, it's been uh, a fun 24 hours here. I guess a little bit more than 24 where we've been speaking to Kentucky players, speaking to some other folks uh, in the media, and just a who's who of people. It's it's a fun, silly little NFL convention that we're in the middle of here in Indy. Uh, great, great people watching. Always love the people watching here, Lucky, because you get uh, a hodgepodge of media, uh, front office uh, folks. Uh, it's like, oh, there's Chris Carter. Oh, there's there's Jamie Erdahl. Oh, hey, Stacy Dales. And who, who is the the fan? We call the fantasy football lady. What? She does the injuries. Who's that? Vanya uh, Bell. Yeah, yeah, she was here. I don't. She wasn't holding up any X-rays. I I thought that's just what she did. She just towed around X-rays all day. But that's not the case. 
Yeah, I think for us uh, in the NFL media world, this is like their media days, right? Media days for us is what this event is. And we just kind of get to crash this week. Um, not really for us, but we're here and we're doing things, uh, which is fun to see just kind of we're not in the NFL space very much to so see how the NFL operates. And it's a huge ordeal. It's a traveling circus thing lasts over a week. Like these teams are here for eight days and a lot of media members are here for seven days. And so it is a marathon here. It's probably, it's the biggest pre-draft event. It's one of the biggest NFL events of the year. And it's a huge football convention. Uh, there's a lot of networking, um, glad handing going on. Agents. Oh here, yeah. Uh, right. They're uh, talking to, front office people, you know, go back and forth conversations with the agencies about to start. So there's a lot of uh, preliminary talks, if you want to call that, uh, maybe even some contract negotiation going on. So there's a lot of business being handled here. You know, we see the prospects and we get to talk to them and they have a full extensive job interview. The most important part of this week is the medicals they get done in they're, they're starting that process, but meanwhile, there's other stuff going on, too. And so it's really important event. It's the start of a new year, really, in a lot of ways. And it, it's fun to be part of it. It's fun to be just involved in the, what a circus that it is. But um, it's definitely a fun circus. And, it, again, you know, at least the draft, um, the draft has become just a total monster. Like right across, right above us, Nick, is where they shoot the – the ESPN videos, right? You know, the draft video everyone sees where they're yeah. walking out on the big platforms or whatever, um, and the show on draft. Now, shoot those here. So there's just a lot of a lot of business that goes down this week, and it's fun to be part of it. And you never know what you're going to see or who you're going to see walking through Starbucks or at Kilroy's or walking in the Salmos. That's the um, – this year in particular where there is a lot of – there's a lot of opting out happening, right? You know, the bench press used to be this huge event where we had like an arena set up to watch these guys throw around 225 pounds. Uh, that's no more, right? Uh, last year we had all uh, pretty much every top quarterback except Bryce Young participate on Saturday. And this year, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jane Daniels, none of them are going to participate. There's a lot of opt outs. Only three linebackers ran the three cone drill yesterday. So, the testing standpoint, like I, I get it, it's not for everybody. But what I've come to learn and know is that the stuff that happens behind the scenes is so much more important than what's happening out there on Lucas Oil Stadium, right? It's all of the what other people are hearing, who you're talking to. That's the where the real magic is made during the combine. It's it's the stuff that you don't see uh, in, on on camera. It's what's happening behind closed doors. Um, and I think that's also applied to the prospects too when they're interviewing with these teams. Um, speaking with Drew Phillips a few weeks ago, you know, he was like, Man, I can't wait for this. You know, like he's he's looking forward to it. Um, him and I, I think Ray Davis would both do really well in the interview portion of the, the combine. And the, both of those guys have, have already met formally with quite a few teams. And I, I if you made me pick, uh, Trevin's uh, Wallace's athleticism is all obviously going to take in places, but I, I think Drew might end up being the the, the first cat taken, followed by Trevin, and then uh, and then Ray Davis. I think that's going to be the order. I think that you're onto something there. I think smart money is probably Phillips going off the board first, just talking 
Kentucky prospects. And I think there's a real, real good chance that he could go off the board in the second. Um, where in the second, to be determined. Uh, but it feels like early round three is kind of his floor right now. He's really impressed people. And mm-hmm. I think NFL and really college football even. Slot cornerback is such an important position. Um, you have to you have to have a good player there. Phillips was kind of going back and forth two positions this year, but played slot cornerback last year, and there's just I think a lot of people like he brings the tail, and then Nick I think senior bowl was really important for him. Like he was senior bowl had a performance, and that kind of solidified a two pick for him. I mean we're talking he's going to get drafted above where Mike Edwards got drafted. Mike Edwards, round three, number 99 overall. I mean, we're talking second round. It's been Kel Joseph and Lonnie Johnson. Uh, That's really all in the second round. Bolden, third round pick. Josh Haskell, what? Haskell, second round or third round? Yeah, he was 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 in the second round. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so that, you know, you're in that kind of territory with Bolden and Haskell. We'll have a second round last year. So, I mean, a really good story, kind of a development story, I think, for Kentucky, right? In the transfer portal era. You know, Kentucky's doing a good job of finding people, but Andrew Phillips was a three-star recruit from South Carolina that they got um, developed for a couple years behind the scenes, was a, became a star in year three, and then became a second-round pick in year four. I mean, those are, you know, it was a surprise that Phillips left, but those are the type of development stories you need to have in a program like Kentucky um, to show kids this is what we do. We take you, you stay four years here, we're going to get you into the NFL, and you're going to get into a good spot, a good position. If you stay here, you don't necessarily even need to be, you know, or Phillips was a good, very valuable piece for Kentucky, but no one in the SEC had him rated as one of their defensive backs in the league. But he's going to go off and he's going to be, you know, I think he's right there with Mike Sancho out of Michigan as the top cornerbacks. And he's going to be one of the higher taken defensive backs overall. So, um, really, he's kind of the story of, I think, the whole event and the whole pre draft process for Kentucky. Yeah, and if he does get selected, we're, you know, we're thinking that's going to that's going to happen. He'll be the sixth defensive back from Kentucky in the last six seasons, which, huh, not too shabby, not too shabby at all. Um, and Maxwell Harrison could make it a seven in seven years next year, uh, so that that's something to look forward to. Um, I, it's pretty plain to see that Ray Davis is going to be talked about a lot more so for his story off the field than what you might see on the field um because he'll you know ray was great last year um but he is older um he's got some tread on the tires uh, he, the pass catching ability is going to make him go higher but he's a day three pick like it but yes the way that you know how he came from the foster care system um uh, he was homeless right for some time that that story is going to be told time and time again, not only when he's working out Saturday afternoon at Lucas Oil Stadium, but on draft day. They're probably going to have some long feature on Ray. Um, and the way he talks about it, too, just wanting to be um, – to, to kind of give hope for other kids who are going through that. Like, it's – you're going to hear a lot about Ray Davis at draft time for what he's overcome to reach this point. And, uh, you know, he's, he's already had, I think – six they say six formal interviews um so he he's gonna get taken by somebody and with his ability to be a quote-unquote third down back i think he's gonna have some staying power in this league for a while yeah with a uh, ray davis thing 
Zach Kiefer, of course, for the athletic, wrote that big feature on him, just talking about everything he's gone through. And we've talked about that from being in foster care. And then even, like, to me, his college story is kind of remarkable, right? You know, he's a low three-star crew, goes to full, uses that, has a good performance, uses that to move up a level, goes to Vanderbilt, gets hurt his first year there, comes back, has a great season, um, uses that to get to a better opportunity. Plus, Kentucky really just cashes in on that. Like when you talk about the portal era, what it can present, this is one of the one of the good stories of it. Um, he used them to his advantage in college football portal and moved up, and now that's going to make him a, you know, I would say early fourth round draft pick, which kind of would be the where I'd have him marked fourth or fifth round, and then maybe if. Because a lot of this depends on Nick. When does the when does the run start at the position, right? Yeah, That's really yeah. what determines where a lot of these guys go off the board. Run starts early at running back. It, he can be able to sneak into third round, but I don't expect it to. So you probably look at a fourth fifth round for him. Um, but really, just I mean, it's a terrific story overall. Uh, from what all he's come in his personal life, and then in college to really work and grind uh, to get to this point. Now he's going to be a draft pick. He's you know these when they draft. Fourth round, sixth round, like we saw with Chris Rodriguez and the Commanders last year. There's chances to play. They're drafting you to play at that position. Yeah. By the way, even though you're a day three pick, and for him, he's gonna have a chance to play. And the Tampa Bay Bucks were a team mentioned with him. The New England Patriots uh, need a lot of help on offense. Cincinnati Bengals, who might be getting rid of Joe Mixon, could, will need another back. Uh, those are just some of the teams mentioned for him. Uh, but whoever gets him, he's going to go in and be able to play right away in Kentucky. He's going to have, again, another tailback drafted uh, here in the NFL, and that's they've gotten that, they had a handful of those here recently. We are here on Radio Row where uh, I'm just going to apologize for some whatever technical difficulties we're going through. It's kind of out of our hands. Normally we're, we get the hell out of here and do a show from good Wi-Fi to hotel. We're actually leaving as soon as this is over with. Uh, so apologies for that. We, we we like to put the people first because, like our presenting sponsors, Montel Bank, that people matter. You matter at Monticello Bank. For over 125 years, they've been taking care of customers across Kentucky, getting the best numbers to get them to work on your side, whether you're getting a home, auto loan, or just doing some personal financing, some little, little business here and there. Monticello Bank, they will take care of you. Visit them at NBCBank.com. Monticello Bank, equal housing, lender, member FDIC. I think I got those backwards. Something like that. Member FDIC, equal housing, lender. There we go. Monticello Bank. They're the best. Um, Trevin Wallace was the first cat to go through the drills, and he is a top 100 linebacker in the history of the combine. That is according to the relative athletic score made by Kentley Platt. Ran a four five. That's pretty good for a linebacker. Look at he uh mm-hmm. he, he lived up to that high school track ability, was explosive. The only reason why he didn't make more headlines is just because Plus Turner was jumping forty inches in the air like a crazy person. Yeah, and then Peyton Wilson had the four four four, I think. Um NC State linebacker. Uh, but Trevin, I think he backed up what we thought and what the high – there was high testing day, I think, expectations for him. Uh, 
So I had a solid senior, but he backs it up with good testing. I think he's another guy that probably locked up fourth, fifth round pick this week. Uh, Trevor Still, I think, uh, got something to do. We, we saw where he, you see glimpses of domination, and then you would see um, some bad eyes, misfits, stuff of that nature. But um, he's shown playmaking too. So there's a lot to like about him. He's still a young player, uh, three and done guy at Kentucky. So he's going to be another guy, I think, fourth, fifth round. It's, and again, Nick, I think, you know, all linebackers, they all have chances to play early, typically. So I think we be very interested to see who drafts him and what that depth chart looks looks like at linebacker. Because uh, he's a guy I could think you could expect to maybe come in and play um, heavy snaps right away. When we know that for sure on special teams. Uh, where, where does that testing data show up? That helps a lot of stuff can show up on special teams, right? Kick coverage. That's true. And all of that, and that's what he's going to be drafted to do right away, uh, from the jump. Whether he's, you know, competing for a starting spot or linebacker four, linebacker five, or whatever roster he gets on, uh, they're going to depend on him to provide kick cover immediately. So I think for him, he did a good job. I think the big question with Evan was, could he have had the Jameis launch jump off if he would have came back for year four? I think that's the big question with him. Now, with Trevin, he's not as big as Jamin Davis. I mean, Jamin Davis is 6'4", 230. Yeah. You know, just with, he had two, three inches on Trevin. Right, so right. So, was that even possible for him to get to that? That's the big question. And what is the difference, I guess, between, if he comes back, it's in the late day two. What is the difference for late day two and mid-round four in the NFL a year earlier? You know, uh, I think missing him was uh, – well, like a 50-50 decision, I think, when it gets tucky, but they get Jamin Dumas-Johnson from Georgia. You know, that's a pretty daggone good replacement, like a play replacement yeah. for Trevor Moss. And now Wallace coming to the NFL, the draft pick. And linebacker, that's not a position they've produced a ton of picks here recently. You know, you had Avery Williamson, Josh Forrest, and I, I I think that's it in the Stoops here, unless I'm missing somebody off my head at all. No, you had the run with uh, Danny Trevathan and uh, Woodyard. Woodyard. You know, yeah. Um, but, no, it, it did there, – there was quite a bit of a gap there. Um, and, hell, we saw Square on a roster for a while, and then he dealing with injury stuff and was never able to get back on there. But um, big year for Jamin, too, by the way. Like, it's a big, big contract year for him, new, uh, new management. Uh, in Washington, so need him to play well. He was leading the team in tackles when he suffered a season-ending injury. They Washington had a real bad year, but uh, curious where, like you said, where where Trevin will land, how he'll fit there, um, because there's also the, I mean, hell, a month into the season, he was leading the SEC in sacks as an off-ball linebacker. So that ability to just see ball get ball yeah the, pl- the right? pl- like, playmaking aspect i think like we've seen him make plays in coverage interceptions yeah yeah that's and attractive then, you know teams. the sack production right yeah, yeah absolutely so uh, fascinated to see where he ends up uh, also curious how much he'll do at pro day if he thinks he did enough here at this event or if he'll do more uh, at the youth pro day which will happen later this month in lexington uh those those are the big three there's three other guys who are also participating at the combine this week: Tavian Robinson, Devin Leary, and Jeremy Flax. Flax had an interesting week because you think he's one. Of the, he he's a guy who 
nobody i mean we didn't even expect him to start but now he's he might yeah. get drafted right like because he he did well enough to go from shrine bowl to senior bowl and now get invited on where he could get drafted just based on size and his uh run blocking ability and the improvements he showed uh just from year to year there's gonna be a team that thinks like oh well if he did if he made a jump this big then surely he's still got some more left in him um but all of that positive was met with a video of him getting in a fight in a, in the locker room, which got released this week. And you know, Tennessee fans were trying to act like it happened this week. It's like they're they're in full pads. Spring practice isn't happening. This guy's at the combine. The unusual part to me, though, look, it is in your flax. You should probably try to distance yourself from it. And uh, he he denied he 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 quote tweeted and said, "How could that be today if I'm at the combine right now?" Which from him, I'm just like, "Oh, that's not me. That was somebody else in that locker room fight." Um, yeah, well, a little bit of weird week for for our boy Jeremy Flax. Yeah, I think just just Flax's profile, two year starter in SEC at tackle. It's a position that's hard to find. They, they burn through these tackles, and there's going to be like something taken in the first round of this draft. Just a hard position to find. So if you have that and the size, which he has, they, there's obviously some stuff, I think, to like him as a player. But you're right. Like, does he sneak into – really, we're talking – does he sneak into the seventh round like Georgia Sopo and Jay, Phil Hoskins did? I think he's kind of in that tier of recent Kentucky – Draft prospects, but yeah, the fight. I think uh, that those things happen all the time in a football locker room. Uh, that was just a typical probably Wednesday in fall camp, and so that 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 stuff happens. But yeah, I just don't. I think one, it, it was released at the perfect time because there's nothing else going on. Like we didn't have 40 times to overreact to yet, right? Uh, we're not in the pro day portion of the calendar. Uh, the only thing really going on in college football right now is playoff expansion talk. And so I, th- I think people kind of jumped on that just based on timing. Uh, even in, like, college basketball's in, like, we're just in the waiting period till March. NBA's not in every – you know, it's just kind of a dead spot in the sport calendar. And so I think that's what drove or drove uh, some of the, the reaction. But, yeah, a little surprising that Flax – weeks to to do that um, this has to do that while he's at the combine but uh, maybe it's something Nick you just like they're all asking him about so why not just go ahead and address it like yeah that was me yeah, yeah Big deal. true true it um it wasn't the best fight video either I mean it was a great suplex but um I think the the bigger question is like come on well, how how this get out? Like, why 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 we gotta let these videos out? And I I have a feeling yeah. there might have been a, a a former player with an axe to grind who was trying to make a splash. Um, that just smells like something that probably you're you know probably in the ballpark on that. Uh, like a lot of stuff happens in these. You're gonna have people that don't like each other, and there's gonna be fights and. Fuffles and yelling matches, but you're right, you know, perfect world, it doesn't get out. But got phones now, right? So, yep. stuff's captured, 
Nick stuff is going to occasionally get out. Um, but to me, like, Nick, no one's going to remember that in two weeks. No, no. Right. Um, so. I don't know. The sheriff got on the investigation. Uh, I'm surprised he, I know he's still trying to track down where Ashton Hagen's got his money phone. Um, so I, I, we'll, we'll see if he can get to the bottom of this too. Um, but you're right. Everybody's got phone nowadays. And the best thing you can do in your phone is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app because it's America's number one sports book for a reason. It's easy to use. Uh, they've got all the prop bets you want to get in on the action today with March Madness right around the corner. It's time to, it's kind of in that groove, right? I, not, nothing better than when you got that big plus number uh, about a week ago with the Cats. You got it at Mississippi State as well. Just go ahead, download the FanDuel book app today, and new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any $5. That's $100 guaranteed. Just head on over to FanDuel.com slash personnel to sign up today. Or put in the promo code personnel when you sign up at FanDuel today. Must be 21-plus president in Kentucky. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Look at the one thing, uh, you know. Girls, sir, Nick. Now you're muted. Nick's muted here. Okay, now I'm, I'm sure unmuted, what the right? one. There he is. You're back. We're dealing with so many technical difficulties. I appreciate y'all bearing with us. We won't, won't chew up too much more of your time, but I did want to share this like it because uh, the people we've talked to who know stuff around UK and really everywhere else, and even just asking Tavian Robinson on the record, Doc Hill Shorts has a lot of, he's got a lot of early fans um, during his short stint at Kentucky. Um, Tavian really lit up when he was asked, about die kill shorts and there was kind of a man i wish wish i got to talk to that guy i wish i got to play for that guy um so i, I there was a hire that i thought stoops couldn't miss on that was really important to unlocking the potential in that very talented wide receiver room and just the more i hear like I, i've only heard good things it sounds like these receivers have bought in and are picking up what he's putting down yeah, I think that's for sure. I, I even think some recruiting returns have been pretty good, Nick. Kentucky's yeah. right in the running for four-star Kimmer Miller out of New Jersey. Uh, so he's doing some good things, I think, on the recruiting trail as well. And so you talk to some people, we talk to some people this weekend. That's one of the bigger, I think, storylines for us from Kentucky-centric is that really been impressed with him. Uh, and then, like, Tavion, they're only a few years hard. I believe Shorts is 28 years old. You know, so Tavion, fifth year in college, he's 22, 23. 23 maybe, yeah. They're not, yeah, they're not that far apart. So there's that aspect. You know, there's the relatable aspect. Yeah, yeah. Played receiver West Virginia. Played at a Power 5 program. So there, there's that experience there that I think even Mark Stoops mentioned that he can bring to the table. And so uh, – that's good because that, you're right. That's an important position, and it's one of the three of the five full-time staff, 60%, turned over this offseason. 
quarterback OC, O-line, receivers. And so the receivers disappointing last year. Be better this year. And so you have a lot riding on him. And I think what he's been on the job two months, essentially. Yeah. I think he's checked some, at least some boxes from a thousand foot point of view. You know, we're not in the building, but you know, good recruiting returns, positive returns regarding the players. It seems like that's all you could ask for at this point. Yeah, no. Uh, so I, I like what I'm hearing. Um, but there's not a – It's the, the thing with, like, Bush is, like, I, you know – do get the sense talking about when you ask people about Bush or about Brock, there is a you don't want to uh, you don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. So I feel like people have been a so little it's bit opposite of last year. Exactly, exactly. That people aren't wanting to do that, but they can't say anything but good things about shorts. Like there's no other way around it. And after that was such a big issue last year, the leadership in that room, that's just very encouraging so uh if nothing else happens if if you nothing else away from the combine i'm just at least leaving here confident that kentucky has upgraded in its wide receiver room um talking saber strain who uh was teammates with jamori macklin back in missouri and he's just like he's one of the best route runners been around and route running was a problem in that room so you're that's an upgrade right so um, I, I'm feeling a lot better about Kentucky's receivers than I did before we got to Indianapolis yesterday. Yeah, you just have to, I mean, talent retention was good right in that room. You get everybody back. Mac was big. I think Portal win uh, uh, for that room. And so just they should be better, right? Just common sense. They should be better. But they need to be a lot. I mean, maybe a lot better. You know, they just need more consistency. You need Drops did not be an issue. He'd be able to create separation, get get open, that create for the quarterback. And so it's yeah. a huge position. Uh, but Nick, I think it's a little important to note out it's a contract year in that room. Yep. It's a contract year for Jamari Macklin, it's a contract year for Barry and Brown, it's a contract year for Dane Key. It's in some ways it's Put up or shut up time. Like this is this is this is you know to reach dreams is the year where you put it all together and you go do it, right? So their plan probably both was to be three done and go to the NFL. They have the opportunity to do that. And then Macklin, of course, he's trying to be like Ray Davis and use Kentucky to take that final step in his collegiate career. You gotta go do it now. This is this is for you. And so that is I think the most important thing I think to watch for the receiver room, because um, there's no, there's no time for messing around right now. Like you got to yeah. go, do that to get more go make your to money. Go and right. and new coach and I think take advantage of that motivational leverage that you're going to have uh, in that room, and hopefully that leads to good things for an offense breaking in a new coordinator and breaking in a new quarterback. Motivational leverage. That's a great term, Market. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, one thing that I do think this is, is why I make big bucks. This is why on three cents us here because of because of work like that. Uh, one thing that I do think is going to help them too offensively 
They're finally putting the microphones in the helmets. We're getting coach-to-player helmet communication in college football next year. Russ Bollinger reports three new rule changes, two of which I like, which we talked about all the steps that you had to go through a year ago just to get a play call in. Cohen would call on the sideline. The sideline would signal in the league. Where he would look at his wristband. He would read it wrong, and sometimes the wrong play would get shared to the huddle, and then they go to the line, and it's just a mess. Now the Bush Hamden is going to be up in the booth. He can talk to the quarterback until there's 15 seconds on the play clock. Why is that significant, too, with that 15 seconds? Bush operates out of a no-huddle-check-me type deal. He can do that without him having to check with the sideline. Like, they can get lined up, and he can talk. He can speak with them until 15's on that clock. So that that part I'm fascinated by, that was a big reason. Like, there's, there's a myriad of reasons why Kentucky was one of the slowest offenses in the country. Third and long, run efficiency, right? Those played a part. But some of it was just the operation. This will speed up the operation significantly. And that – in even more deliberately, they're they're out of excuses for for running at a snail's pace, right? Like there, there's no more excuses. Yes, yeah. I mean, the fan base got fed up with that, right? Last year, that pace line it was that was one of the bigger talking points, I think, of the whole season. Uh, we need more plays, need more plays, need more plays. Like Nick, the backup running back barely got any work for Kentucky because they simply could not run enough plays. Uh, and so, yes, I think Bush and him, that was a big, I think, talking point. Uh, Simplified, uh, college-friendly. Uh, all of that leads to, you know, getting out of the West Coast, uh, high-volume um, words, play calls, and uh, the, the extensive – sometimes complicated verb and getting into maybe three, four, five word balls potentially and operating an alpha no huddle check with me system. Like having the net then your head the distance is gonna help. I also want Tennessee does it allow them to play faster. Like even faster than they're playing right now, right? Like what's the unintended consequence? of this rule change. Like for these these NASCAR tempo teams, are, are you allowed to play, can you play faster when you're just, you've got the uh, speaker in the, and for the advantages if you operate in a system where you get, where you snap the ball before 15 seconds, where you can talk to the quarterback the whole way through. You can right. see, you can see the picture and you can be like, oh, they're gonna run, you know, whatever coverage here, look to this on this play. Yeah. I wonder, like, how that and how college play callers on both offense and defense. I'm trying to manage that. Offense is bright because you're talking the quarterback who's kind of calling everything if he's throwing the football. Defense is usually the mic or the inside linebacker. And then, you know, you don't want to overcomplicate it because then he tried to explain the message to everyone else with plays about this stuff. Yeah, you know, doing too much. So that that's going to be interesting to me to see if there's any hidden advantages in this that teams are going to be able to take advantage of. I um, 
I hope Kentucky can take advantage of it. Um, I like that they're also implementing tablets. I do not like the the new two-minute warnings. We don't need more commercial breaks. We've got plenty. Um, I know the rules change under two minutes where the clock stops but after first downs, but you know what? You don't need to have a timeout break to do it. Um, they're already selling it as something different, like, oh, well, we already had this TV break built in. Now we're not going to use it after a touchdown and a kickoff. It's like bullcrap. We're TV execs are going to make more money. This is annoying. I don't like that. I feel like it's an unnecessary change. But you know what? The 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 TV execs, the cash cows, they rule everything. So, yeah, it's yeah. just we got to deal with it. Yeah, personally, I don't think you need it when you're like that's the whole point of stopping the clock or two minutes. To me, like you don't need to have a two minute warning if you're stopping the clock under two minutes. But we're uh, after first downs, of course. Um, to me, again, see, un, like, what are the the unplanned changes to says? Timeout usage to me. Like, I think you can more for the burn timeout in the first quarter or in the third quarter. Yeah. If you got the two-minute warning, that's an additional timeout. And then, yep. like, what's the first score coach to really watch this situation or forget about two-minute warning, right? Like, who, who messes it up? Uh, first, yeah. and that's going to be, uh, I think, a big storyline this season, especially, you know, obviously close games, um, especially when some bigger games start to happen on schedule. And that's going to take, I think, adjusting to, to some college, which is it's, it's just different having that. Uh, your, how you have the math for how you manage the clock um, and what your card said with a uh, certain clock situation, the book says it's going to have to, you know, it changes the calculus for you a little bit. And so that's interesting to see how that plays out. I think in the games, Nick, it's going to, like, in the games, they're going to last a long time. <laughs> if these teams got all these timeouts and the two-minute warning now, it makes it harder to run out the clock in these yep. end-of-half situations. So it's going to potentially, you know, people, some people got upset about – got upset about, you know – Last the rule change, the clock changes like limited possessions. This is potentially going to add a possession, possession and a half potentially at the end of games, uh, first half and second half. So very fascinated to see how how it all plays out. Again, I I think it's silly to have two morning and stop the clock because you're just like you're pretty much begging teams to come right. Like you're begging, you're trying to extend the game as much as possible. Do that, but that's the method they or the road they decided to travel down, and you're right why they did it. I mean, it's a team. Let's get some yeah. marshals here at the end of a big game, right, so we can build up the defense mm-hmm. for what's going to come. It's a real crock, but we'll be dealing with it. We appreciate you all dealing with our uh, Internet issues here. It hasn't been great, but uh, we'll get out of here, spare your ears a little bit, and – Give you some more content next week where we should be back on a regular schedule Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken. Or do we got a Wednesday night basketball game next week? Is that going to – I think we got one more Wednesday night, don't we? I'm not sure. Well, and it's Vandy yeah. Senior Night. Which went so well so last we'll year for Vandy Senior Night. <laughs> Either way, we'll, we'll, we'll get back onto a, a regular schedule off the Fridays. I know March Madness coming up. Um, that'll throw things for a loop as well. So we'll change things up. Oh, Kentucky plays on a Wednesday. 
either way, we'll get things back on track uh, at some point. Get you all some fresh content out there. I uh, appreciate you all following us along. We got plenty more coming from the combine throughout the weekend, all Friday and the Sunday. Isaiah West is announcing his decision tonight. Could be a night commitment for the Cavs. Two hours. Yeah, 7 p.m. tonight. So stay tuned. For... Good player there. Good player there. Yep, could be it. Could be, be a good solid... get. Jay Boyer, nice recruiting win. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, um, we're gonna get out here. Try to fix our internet. Until then, go cats and go Kroger. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.